on Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1. Streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. Jan Price Show and my guest today. I'm very excited to have Timothy Busfield and Melissa Gilbert here. And we're going to be talking about their brand new movie called Guest Artist, which was written and produced and stars Jeff Daniels. And uh, Timothy directed the film, and Melissa's one of the producers. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Jan. Great to have you here. You premiered the movie at the Santa Barbara Film Festival, and unfortunately I had left, so I did not get to see it, but I have watched it, and I really uh, loved it. Um, But tell me how the reaction was at the Santa Barbara Film Festival. It it was pretty great. I mean, uh, you know, we hadn't seen it on the big screen yet. So in the three screenings we saw, we saw the laughs all came in sort of the same spots and nobody moved and the audience leaned into it and everybody walked out having had a good time. And as a producer and a theater producer where we get to experience our work so much with the audience, it was it was perfectly fulfilling. It was great to the the final screening. um, Our four year old granddaughter was with us and you know we thought she we brought toys and we brought all kinds of stuff sat in the back theater in case she got fidgety and she did not move one oh wow and when it was over she started chanting i am an artist and this is my art <laughs> It was really, it was, that was for me, particularly enchanting. I can imagine that would be just a heartwarming, touching moment that you'll live in your memory forever. That is so adorable. It's so adorable. Yeah, it's really precious. It really is. What is next for the film? Where are you headed off to other film festivals? Um, we just played the Hollywood Real Independent Film Festival in L.A. and won Best Independent Feature, and Jeff won Best Actor. Wow, congratulations. Yes. And then we have a bunch more festivals coming yep. up. Beloit. Uh, We're in Beloit this week. Uh, then we have Beverly Hills coming up. We have probably in the next three months, just about every week, we're in a festival. Wow. Uh, and the ones in June and July just haven't announced yet. So we, it's out there. You know, we're gauging response. We're taking calls already from distributors. So hopefully we love it on a big screen. Hopefully it would have a big screen release. Um, if it doesn't have a big screen release, we feel it's going to have a, an audience somewhere. So, you know, we're so used to moving on to the next one that we're a bit hardened to the romance of what we just made uh you know it'll it, we we make it we throw it against the wall like spaghetti and hopefully it sticks and we're on to the next one and are, are you on to the next one already or not uh we're not on to the next feature yet although you know jeff um is a very prolific playwright and he's got a very extensive catalog so we could easily continue on making features with um, out of his plays, which we intend to do. But we also have a couple other irons in the fires and a couple television series in development. So we, we've, we're branching out in all different ways. So something will be coming. We just don't have anything official to announce yet. Very exciting. Very exciting. So talk a little bit about you. You formed a production company with Jeff Daniels, uh, Grand River Productions. Uh, talk a little bit about how that came about. Well, Jeff and Tim have been friends for eons since they were young pups um, with Circle Rep in New York City and both working um, at the theater there. And they're both Michiganders. And when Tim and I got married, you know, we we discovered, aside from obviously getting along really well, we work together really well. We have the same style. And Jeff does, too. And we've all been around 
for a very, very long time and are able to wear a lot of different hats and do a lot of different jobs. And we were both sort of bristling, or all three, bristling up against the sort of studio and network, um, lots of cooks in the kitchen, lots of notes kind of way everything works. And we wanted to, to be able to apply the knowledge that we have in the way we want to do it and create quality, hopefully quality projects that are entertaining for a reasonable budget. And that's what we set out to do. And Guest Artist is our first foray into that with our production company, with Grand River Productions. We're also, we're really focused on um, creating a, a very cohesive team of people whose work we respect in all the different departments. And we provide those people an opportunity to move up into the next level of, of whatever assignment they, they do that they, not necess- they necessarily would not have had the chance to do. We give them that opportunity to get a, a leg up and move one step further along in their own careers. And we keep those people very close because we really have faith in what they do. And um, we are, we're a team. That's really exciting uh, that you're able to help others to uh, develop their career aspirations. But also importantly, you know, having a team together, you know, that you work well with together. I'm sure every, you know, when you go to different movies, uh, locations, you know, different films that you're working on, there's always a new team, uh, I'm sure, in place. But I know a lot of different directors like to work with the same people over and over and over again. And so that's what you're doing now with this production, uh, with uh, uh, Grand River Productions, is putting together that team. We have, uh, our editor is Alyssa Lovall. She edited uh, for me on two other TV shows that I did. And then I brought her into our first movie, One Smart Fellow, a few years ago that Melissa and I made. And then uh, I was teaching at Michigan State, and she edited that project, which is a pilot with Dylan Baker and Melissa and myself for a class called The Television Pilot while I was teaching at Michigan State. And our, our sound producer, uh, Michael Ferdy, has been with us for a long time. And, you know, we because we can wear so many hats, you know, you don't like I did costumes on the movie. Melissa did the set and found the location. Um, Jeff wrote it, produced it. I directed it, produced it. You know, we find that, you know, like in the theater, we don't need to be too heavy ended, you know, on the production element to be able to deliver a quality product, we hope. That's very true, and you definitely delivered a quality uh, uh, product. Before we go any further, um, would you like to tell the uh, our listening audience a little bit about the uh, plot of Guest Artist? Yeah, Guest Artist is a story. It's based on a true story where Lanford Wilson came to Michigan to Jeff's theater. Uh, Lanford Wilson's a Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright. Jeff and I had created roles in original Lanford Wilson productions, and became close to, to Lanford. And Lanford showed up in Michigan to do his new play at Jeff's Theater, and he hadn't written a word, and he was a bit a bit drunk. And so uh, Jeff eventually got the play from Lanford in another play. But then when Lanford passed, Jeff felt, you know, he wanted to write something sort of in honor of Lanford, and this was that. I yeah, that, so the, the movie is about... No, the movie, that's right. I, I, <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. you, Melissa. That's what my wife. That reminding me of that finding my keys, finding my wallet. Uh, 
everything. <laughs> Good wife. For. Uh, <laughs> guest artist. <laughs> Between the two of us, we have one brain. That's yeah. good. I think Sadly. I need that. <laughs> I, need um, to, I need to find that other part <laughs> that can help complete, complete my brain. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, guest artist uh, Jeff uh, plays Joseph Harris, a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright who shows up in a little town in the Midwest. Uh, where a small theater company has commissioned him to do his new work. And he hasn't written in about 20 years. Um, and uh, he shows up and there's a young apprentice, the idealistic apprentice, whose job it is to fetch him and deliver him to the theater the next morning. And pretty much no sooner to, than Jeff arrives, uh, does he want to get back on the train and go back. Uh, he doesn't want to do the play there. And that puts the kid in a horrible predicament uh where he'll lose his job and uh joseph harris is his master and his favorite playwright and the young apprentice is an apprentice playwright and in the course of the the 75 minutes the boy learns a lot about himself and joseph harris and what is in store for him in the business and joseph harris comes to terms with what's been blocking him from writing a play it's funny. Uh, it's got touching, touching mm-hmm. moments. Um, and it really is a nice story Jeff's carved out about these two men's journey um, towards each other and how they cross wires. Yeah, it's, it is very poignant. Um, I, the set design, I thought, was exquisite. Where did you find that station, or is that a set that you uh, used? Uh, uh- I got really lucky when we were looking for a train station. I realized that there was a, a, a train station in Chelsea, Michigan, which is Jeff's hometown. I mean, he basically rolled out in the bed. play. In the play, it's a bus station. We were looking for a bus station, and then Melissa said, "What about a train station?" And and then I, we went down, and I peeked in the windows and took pictures and brought them back, and then met with the people who run the, the depot there. It's not a functioning train station anymore. It's it's more of a, an attraction in this small town. And behind it was the Jiffy plant. So I called the owner of Jiffy to ask him permission to use the plant so that we'd have some scope. And it just sort of grew from there, you know, and finding the production offices. I just, I had a feeling that it would work and the colors in, in there turned out to be perfect. And we were able, you know, everything was decorated for Christmas. Oh, it was so we, already. Okay. Yeah, it was, it, we shot it the week before Christmas. So oh, wow. everything was Chris, Christmafied. <laughs> that's the word. Yeah. And, if it isn't, you you can create it. It's okay. <laughs> yep. And so we just sort of adopted the sense that Christmas was coming, um, or that it was Christmas time, and 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 allowed that to kind of color our our setting even more, which I think adds even more to the charm. So that was just luck. The snow is real. Everything is real. It was they, they, they were living with whatever the elements were at that time in that place. Wow, wow. Well, I thought I just thought the colors of exactly the, the set design and the colors were just beautiful. And I love all the Christmas music. You know, I, well, I love Christmas, so I just love the whole. It, it just gave you a wonderful feel, you know, um, yeah. to the film. We were able to steal from one of the more romantic times. And felt it really would counter, you know, uh, Joseph Harris shows up and he's not in a good mood. Right. And we felt that it would really help us counter uh, any sort of negativity that might be in, in his character if we sort of gave it the ironic twist of 
being, you know, being a holly jolly time. Mm-hmm. And it does. It, it's it's a great juxtaposition, you know, the way that you've done it that way. Now, Jeff just totally embraces this character. I mean, he's a, he's a, just an amazing actor anyhow, and he's always fabulous in everything that he does. But he just really, you could just see that he relished this character. How was it directing him, Timothy? Well, he, he was, you know, he wrote it, so... There was an extra layer of his... Jeff is already... The first time I saw my first Broadway play, I said, that's one of the best actors in the world. And I'd never met him. I hadn't met him yet. It was 1981. And he was so grounded and real. And then directing him, I found him even more grounded and real than he is in real life. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he, didn't, he didn't need a lot of direction. He was very inside the character he knew what he was thinking every second um he's a great listener uh he was just perfect to direct he knew his lines was ready to play embraced all my blocking and staging i didn't give him a lot of notes jeff doesn't need a lot of notes nor does he want a lot of notes uh i might have gone by him and said you're you remember you're dehydrated um you know, remember, you know, that you, you know, you want out of here. Um, but mostly that you're an alcoholic and you're struggling. You're in need of, of uh, your body's in need of alcohol. That was really all I reminded him from. And then that would inform his performance. He was so precious and great. And as a writer, uh, so collaborative um, in suggesting, you know, how we open it up and where we open it up a little bit. Uh, everything he wrote the scene that takes place in front of the Jiffy plant. We shot on a pickup. Uh, we, uh, we picked it up one night after we'd finished and we're back in Michigan and he wrote it two hours earlier. Uh, and we were able to shoot that scene. So yeah. The, and originally, you know, we hadn't planned on shooting anywhere, but the depot. And then we realized that it would be a seemingly a bit claustrophobic if that was it. And so Jeff went right in and wrote the stuff in New York city before. Cause it, they also, Jeff and his wife have a place in the city, and we live in the city as well. And um, and then he also went in and, and opened it up and wrote the scene where um, uh, Kenneth goes out to find alcohol and runs into hope. That that helped us also with the clock that we had going during the course of, of the film of you know the the time running out before he gets back on the train and leaves. So Jeff was just so he was he has such facility as a writer, um, definitely as an actor, but also as a writer to just say, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I got this, and then hand us pages that were perfect. Wow. Wow. What a talent. What a talent. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to the Jam Price Show all about movies, and my guests today are director Timothy Busfield and producer Melissa Gilbert, and we're talking about their brand new movie called Guest Artist, starring Jeff Jan- Daniels, who also wrote it, wrote and produced it. So um, I agree with you that all movies should be seen on the big screen. And so you're saying the reaction, uh, I mean, that's my, I, I, I talk about this constantly on this show, that all movies should be seen in the theater with an audience. And you said it just changed the whole, uh, seeing it in an audience really changed it for you. How, how else did it change for you, watching it on the big screen? Well, there's, there's so much you miss when you're watching something on a phone or an iPad or a laptop or even on a television, there's just, there's a subtlety, uh, you know, on, on a larger screen, just a blink can mean so much more. And so 
even though, and we saw it every way we possibly could, we had not seen it on the big screen. It's seeing it there really, for me, I, it really, um, I had such an appreciation for the subtlety of what everyone was doing. And I saw it so much more clearly and it, it was so much more moving because I felt like I was closer to the, to the actors because I could, you know, I could see them thinking. Um, and the shots were set up that our director of photography, Willie Busfield, um, it, who is incredibly talented, was able to, to shoot the film so beautifully. It deserves, it deserves to be seen on the big screen. The framing is perfect. The lighting is gorgeous. It's sumptuous and, and, and warm. And, um, and Thomas's performance, I gotta say, you know, I've seen it so much on my laptop and the editing process on a smaller screen. A lot of performances, you know, from a lot of TV actors and actors that may not have done a lot of movies, necessarily they don't transfer to the big screen. Um, you can actually see that in some of our even best TV actors, um, they, they aren't as dense in their humanity and, and they don't transfer as well to the big screen. And when your face is 20 feet wide in a close-up, you can kind of reveal what inadequacies those actors might have in their um, craft. And with Thomas, I thought, my God, he really gives a big screen performance. Jeff pulled him right into, you know, my note to Thomas was just fundamentals, Thomas. I want you to just listen to Jeff. Don't plan anything. Don't plan any reaction. And the great movie actors, they don't blink, they don't move, and they listen. Right. They're great listeners. Right. And Thomas really, really pops on the big screen. And I was very, very impressed with that. It's phenomenal to see that performance come out of him, too, since this is his first acting experience ever. Definitely on film. He's a stage manager at Jeff's Theater. And Jeff knew. You know, we auditioned people in New York, we auditioned people in Michigan, and Jeff said, "This, I'm telling you guys, this is the guy. And he was absolutely right. I can't imagine anyone else playing this role. I'm, well, I'm just I, so proud of him. I was going to ask you about Thomas, and so you've jumped in. So let's t- tell everybody what his name is and, and what part he plays in in the film so our listeners are aware of what we're talking about. Thomas Macias is his name, and he plays Kenneth Waters in the movie The Young Apprentice and uh, he's a terrific young actor I think you'll see more of him yeah I think so too well playing you know the counterpart you know I'm sure it had to be daunting to be playing you know every scene with Jeff uh, Daniels um, had to be very very intimidating for him I would think I, I don't know that it was intimidating but I can tell you from my experience it's for me acting and filmmaking is like tennis if I have a really great, um, a, a really agile, nimble, and talented person playing opposite me and hitting the ball back, I, it, it, it makes my game better. Mm-hmm. And it's the exact same thing with acting. And so Thomas, you know, got a master class and really rose to the occasion and took Jeff on toe-to-toe. It was, it's an impressive performance. Yes, yes, it very much more. Considering that this is the first time he's ever done anything, it's even more yep. impressive for sure. Well, um, he had a great director. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, you mentioned Willie Busfield. Is that any relation? <laughs> yeah. Willie Busfield is Tim's uh, oldest son. Okay. Uh, and he's a uh, uh, really, really um, talented director. For Sought after. For a lot of fashion shoots and commercials. And he, he works with Chanel and Dior and all these wow. companies and France and all around the world. And this is his first feature film. And he 
I thought he did a phenomenal job. I could not be more proud. He did. Yeah. Exactly. The photography was just wonderful. And then there's Ben Daniels. Is that a relation? Is that one of Jeff's children? Ben Daniels is Jeff's son. He scored the movie for us, did all of the music. And then Lucas Daniels is Jeff's other son. He was one of our camera operators. And then there's uh, Michael Boxleitner was Jeff Standen. That's my youngest son. So, you know, aside from having people around us who we love and who who, um, are family, they are also very capable of doing the job. And and again, this is a chance for us to give them that opportunity. Ben Ben has tours probably 20, 30 dates with Jeff. He has the Ben Daniels band. He's got several CDs. He's, you know, an accomplished musician and songwriter in his own right and was the perfect choice. And I couldn't have been happier with what Ben did. Well, it's nice to pull, you know, pull in family to, you know, to work together, actually. So it's always nice to do that. Now, Erica Slezak, any relationship to Walter Slezak? Do you know? I don't know if she's any relation. I, I know she's she's been on which show? Well, Erica Slezak, yeah, has I think six Emmys and is a, a TV star. I do not know if she's really who she's related to with him or not. All right, that'd be interesting to find that out if that's her great grandfather or something like that along there. What was the most difficult part of filming this movie? Boy, it was a really smooth shoot. You know, the I think the most difficult part was probably in the editing. Uh, you know, keeping the audience on board we just didn't slap together every word and leave it as is and the finding the balance of music and the balance of quiet that would build with the story was probably our most difficult process was in post the shooting of it was effortless the prep of it was effortless we had no difficulties with weather or anything um it was uh it was really strong the hard part was the editing and you know there's an old adage in in filmmaking there's the movie you write the movie you shoot and the movie you edit Mm -hmm. and the writing and the shooting was effortless. The editing was, Alyssa did a brilliant job, but trimming it and getting it nice and tight and losing some of Jeff's fantastic writing was a bit difficult, but felt that it was best in the long run, stuff we may not have needed or may have been redundant, but was still great. I do like the fact that you did break out from the train station and went to other places, and the beginning did sort of set the scene, and you said Jeff wrote that very quickly, and like, how many how many hours he wrote that? So Well, well, we he thought, he pretty much, we were on the set, I think we were shooting, it might have been day six, uh, which would have been our last actual shooting day. We had seven days with our New York day. Wow. Um, but, I, you know, I had said to Jeff, what are you doing? We're done. And we were talking between setups. And he said, I'm going back to New York right away. And I said, well, we're going back to New York. And then I said, well, how would you feel about opening the movie in New York to really give us juxtaposition to the small Midwestern environment and help set up the 9-11 of it all and see the romance of Broadway? And he lit up and I think he wrote it. I mean, he had pages to me. I, he had the scene in his head uh, within 20 minutes. Wow. And then wow. had the scene written in the next 24 hours. So uh, all the New York opening. Amazing. Well, I loved, I loved all of it. I loved the opening. I loved the production. I wish you nothing but great success with guest artists. And thank you both for being on the show today. Thank, thank you so much you. for having us, Jen. You're welcome. Take care. All right. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. 
go to the Jam Price Show on Facebook to learn more about upcoming shows. And while you're there, like my page to listen to the Price Movie Minutes and movie reviews and to listen to archive shows that you may have missed. Go to thejampriceshow.com. On Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio, Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. Hi, this is Rich Little. Join me in beautiful Carmel-by-the-Sea the weekend of March the 29th and 30th to celebrate the legendary Doris Day's 97th birthday. Enjoy a 60th anniversary screening of Pillow Talk with film host Ben Makowitz and Q&A with Doris's co-stars Jackie Joseph, Peter Marshall, and me. And a special concert by Michael Feinstein. Auctions, raffle, dog adoptions, and more. Proceeds benefit the Doris Day Animal Foundation. Hey, I'll even bring along Doris's leading men like uh, Clark Gable, uh, uh, Jimmy Stewart, or Terry Grant. Visit DorisDayAnimalFoundation.org for tickets and more information.